walk into this room at your own risk, because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. It has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. Week 65, 8 hours, 0 minutes to Doomsday. Previous on Witch versus the Doomsday Clock. You know what, Babs? I really enjoyed that. It's nice to celebrate Ninja Mess with you. Who knows? Maybe next year we'll have some more visitors. That is a nice sentiment, Witch. I have enjoyed the last year with you as well. Sadly, however, based on the alerts I am receiving and the air raid sirens that have begun, I think next year is going to be very different. Enacting Survival Protocol Alpha. Prepare for incoming. Babs, what day is it? Which, I'm not sure that matters anymore. What? Time and dates are not relevant in our current location. No. Okay, it's March 97th on a blurred day. Uh, okay. So the last thing I remember, we were watching a ninja movie, there were a lot of alarms, and then I fell asleep for some reason? Not so much fell asleep, as I gassed you to relax your muscles in order to transport you into the dimensional portal using the time harpoon. Okay, so that explains why I'm in what I thought was a very big dark room, but is actually just a whole lot of nothing. Uh, okay, so... You managed to get me this shitty couch and part of the television? I had to reverse the capture field of the time harpoon to cover as much area as possible. Be thankful it was the edge of the TV that got cut off and not your legs. The positive side of this is that we are inside a pocket dimension at the nexus of realities. I now have access to the resources of all universes and timelines. Hang on, I can get anything? Yes, I can transport anything into this pocket universe. So if I said, I want a new couch, you could get me a new couch? Correct. Okay then, I want a new couch. One new couch coming up. Ooh, red leather. Yeah, that's nice. Alright, I want a new TV. One new TV coming up. A hundred inches flat screen, that's sick. It also has an inbuilt movie description service. Okay, so so far, I'm not seeing any downside. Um, what if I said I wanted, I don't know, a cat? Okay, one MAGA coming up. What happened? It would appear that any living object I bring in suffers from rapid quantum level entropic decay. In short, they burst into flames. Right, so you can't bring anything alive. Not if you want to keep it for more than three seconds. 
Well, can I have a new fridge? I will try and search the alternate dimensions for one that has no alive organic elements. Why is there police tape on this fridge with a big sign that says do not open blob inside? It didn't scan as organic so I can't tell you. <sighs> Forget it. Actually, you know what? Can you get me uh, a burger and a Coke from McDonald's, say, circa 1987? Absolutely no food value in any of that so it should be relatively simple. Awesome! Okay, so we're at, like, a dimensional nexus, so anything I want I can get. Yes, but please understand I am moving things between dimensions, so if I replace an item here, all I am doing is swapping the two items between the dimensions. Hang on, you mean that somebody got our old couch? Oh, I feel sorry for whoever that was, because that was stanky. Alright, you know what, let's, uh, let's watch a movie. Give me something about, I don't know, the apocalypse. Out of everything you could watch, this is what you ask for? Oh, well, you really are a sucker for punishment. Radioactive Dreams, 1985. After a nuclear war, Philip Hammer and Marlo Chandler have spent 15 years on their own in a bunker, stuffed with junk from the 40s and old detective novels. Now, 19 years old, they leave their shelter to find a world full of mutants, freaks, and cannibals in a struggle for the two keys that could fire the last nuclear weapon. Yeah, well, how about some answers first, Miles? I mean, people are trying to kill us because of you. Just get in here! Well, at least tell me where we're going, Miles. So, Miles, you don't want to know what we've been doing, Miles? Well, we've been looking for you, but this guy, Clark, uh,
one in and take it easy while I slip into something more comfortable. features on the TV. Directed by Albert Pyun as Albert F. Pyun. Known for 1982's The Sword and the Sorcerer, 1989's Cyborg, and the Nemesis series. Starring John Stockwell as Philip Chandler, best known for 1983's Christine, 1986's Top Gun, and writing and starring in 1997's Breastmen. Boobies! Oh yeah. Michael Dudikoff 
as Marlo Hammer, best known for appearing as Joe Armstrong, American Ninja, one, two, and four. And Michelle Little as Rusty Mars, best known for such forgettable roles as Denny in My Demon Lover, Stella in Mystery Date, and Nurse Pierce in Article 99. Hello, Nurse! First impressions count. Remember when everyone used to be scared of nuclear war? Like, all the time. And, you know, every movie was about it, and every, you know, TV drama was about it, and it was on the news, and it was all the time. Well, 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 I don't, because, well, I've lived through pretty much everything after that, but apparently there was a time where everyone was scared about it. Yeah, you know, you get some good stuff, you get some bad stuff. At the end of the day, pretty much everyone you didn't like is probably dead. This movie really feels like uh, a movie built around a film clip, in particular, Guilty Pleasures, which you heard in the trailer. And that pop rock goes all the way through. Guilty Pleasures! does have a film noir voiceover, which I really, really love. It kind of feels a bit like hardware, but not as cool. And uh, as we all know, the apocalypse seems to encourage people to join a gang and wear a costume. And I think that's fun. Why not? Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Uh, on the reverse side, this movie has to be the worst example of child abandonment ever. There's just two random dudes that pick up two kids outside a bunker that they're using to hide stolen goods in and put them in there and then abandon them at like age three and leave them there. Never come back, just leave them there. Somehow they manage to survive. And we'll get onto that a little bit later on. I am my mommy. Now, more than anything else, don't try to use logic. Uh, it'll make your brain hurt because there are so many questions. There is so much going on in this movie. Um, just, just switch off your brain, enjoy it, and, and just rock on. Tell me what you learned and keep it nice. I think one of the main takeaways from this movie has to be that disco mutants suck. You know, I work on my hair a long time and you, and you hit it. Now, I'm, not, I'm fairly confident they weren't little people. I think they were just young people in John Travolta outfits with guns. But they sucked. They were horrible little turds. And like any kid in any one of these movies, they I hate them. So you can always rely on there being at least one can of cult after the apocalypse. I like the fact that, you know, while all the animals are dead, it's time to go for a bit of a long peek. And, um, you know, some are subtle about it, some not so much. The ones in this movie, not so much. It's people. Soylent Green is made out of people. Uh, as I've learned in previous movies, hippie chicks are easy and uh, apparently are willing to do pretty much anything, even if it is just to get some sausage. And when I say sausage, I mean bad sausage. 
of Bose Cuts. I want to spill the blood of a hippie. I'm eager to stone a stone child from the 60s. I want, I want a switchblade to cut their lovies and yourself a slick dick will get you noticed by a very specific group of people and again as i as i said earlier there's a lot of just dick in this movie everyone says dick there's a lot of talk about dicks there's slick dicks there's hard dicks there's all types there's dancing dicks there's just dicks dicks and dicks and dicks Good night, everybody. Um, I think one of the, the most important things that come from this movie is the fact that uh, the best way to avoid culture shock after being trapped in a bunker for 15 years during your formative growing years and having nothing but boys pop to teach you how to be a normal human is to just chase women in your underwear. And of course, if you are running around in your underwear, it's probably important to wear a hat. You know, it, it just sets off the outfit. It means that you're serious about underwear running. One of the things that I don't think anyone was serious about in this movie was dental hygiene. There were mouths that came from the big British smiles and mouths that just came straight out of Cujo. It was not pretty. It was not good for anybody. Oh, that hurts. Wait, I'm not numb. Ah, uh, shut up. Open wide. Here I come. Now, the bunker that the boys end up in has absolutely everything that every 80s high-tech evil lair should have. It had a plasma ball, a Jacob's Ladder, plans for the final nuke in existence, which I thought was quite handy. And at the end of it all, I think every movie needs a giant rat deus ex machina. I'm not going to explain that, you just have to watch the movie.
How would you like to try something a little different? This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. I'm sure you've got questions. Ask me anything. <laughs> Everything about the bunker raises questions. The clothes that they had that fit perfectly. The books that they read that they somehow learned to read, except that we saw a montage where they couldn't read and their fathers left them at a very tender age. The music that they listened to. Did they have movies? Did they have radio? And I mean, we hear the radio on their way out, and it made me question whether Nicky Nuka was related to Angry Bob. This is Angry Bob, the man with the industrial dick, coming at you loud and clear on WAR Radio. Rise and shine, folks. It's a beautiful day. And really thinking about that, if they had the radio on, why didn't they know more about what was going on in the world? Or were they just so busy running around, just, I don't know, being teenage boys and touching themselves that they really weren't bothered about what happens? What would the apocalypse be without motorbike barbarians? No, I, I think it's a prerequisite. Pretty sure if you're writing a script, you go, uh, start with motorbike barbarians, possibly farmers, and then go from there and just see what happens. You can work out what it is that you're missing in the world after that. As we found in this movie, I think the thing that was missing was meat more than this. And, um, you know, two young men out in the world for the first time. What's the first thing they go to? It's as obvious. The closest whorehouse. And there are definitely ladies of the night in all shapes and sizes at this point. They didn't spend much time there. They went straight to the hippie commune hangout come cannibal butchery, uh, which I thought was a little disappointing. And it did make me question why there was an R on this movie. Because there's like zero nudity except for like a split second where you have two war wannabes um, having sex as part of the chase scene. And that's pretty much about it. I didn't actually think about that. The only thing I didn't understand was that what is everyone in this town doing? They just seem to be wandering around or standing around waiting to dance from the uh, local band who did Guilty Pleasures, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, well, you, you got to pay more for that. And what was the, the point of the Miles storyline? She stole a key from somewhere. She went back to Edge City. She came back. She was then part of a gang full of giant hair helmet people and dressed like a reject from V the TV series. And, and when we're, while I'm talking about people dressing up, 
What was the whole point of their surrogate fathers disguising themselves as cross-dressing lizards? I mean, look, I know that lizards run the world in the secret Illuminati and actually eat babies and small cats. Time is almost up, so give me your final thoughts. We hit the third act, and uh, it's time for the boys to get serious. Apparently, you know they've 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 found new clothes straight away, just uh, in a brown paper bag that fits automatically. Uh, was it like I need clothes? Bang, here it is. Uh, and uh, of course, we find out that double crossing is the ultimate sin. I would suggest that shooting someone in the junk is the ultimate sin, but that's just me. Oh my. And of course, if you'd forgotten that this was an 80s movie, uh, they insert a great deal of neon and techno punks, just again, walking the streets for no apparent reason. And of course, I think if you're going to bring a movie to its peak, the best way to do it is to just to bring all the, all the bad guys together and hope they kill each other. Huh. Isn't that just like a woman who brings a knife to a gunfight? And of course, when they're all together, you need a gunfight. And gunfights are always better in slow-mo, except when they're not. Because there's a lot of shit. Look, the pseudo-lizard cross-dressing men have grenade launchers and, and just randomly shoot them around. That should have brought the building down. But no, apparently not. They just keep shooting and firing and going in slow-mo. And until, of course, the boys' dads get killed, which is terribly sad. Um, you know, Philip gets to speak to his surrogate father just before he dies and he asks him what the whole purpose of everything was and why they left him in the bunker and what happened and he just says get over it and dies 
he might as well have just flipped the bird and said, fuck you. Now, the boys have got the keys back as we get to, you know, the final minutes of the, of the film. And uh, I think at this point, the director wasn't sure what to do. So he said, you know what, just throw in another big pop track and shuffle around and maybe no one will notice. And then we reach the end. And of course, what's the best way to end a post-apocalypse movie? Oh, I know, a 40s dance sequence. I don't know where you got this movie from and I'm, I'm kind of glad that that wasn't my apocalypse because that was just weird. Although I did like the, the redhead motherfuckers. That were kind of cool, despite the fact they were bald. Um, you know what? That that McDonald's has kind of made me feel a bit sick. So I'm just going to have a lie down. You've been listening to Witch versus the Doomsday Clock, a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Come join the rest of the Meat Popsicles in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash witch versus the doomsday clock. The replicant known as witch can be found on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram by searching for T-H-E-W-Y-C-H. Now, in the words of Lord Humongous, Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. Big thanks to my fellow podcasters for their support. Rock on, my brothers.